Hello, everyone. Coming from the comfort of my home into the comfort of yours, it is your favorite podcast about the end of the world and how we're all spending it. I am Mark Clearview, and welcome to day two of Quarantine Live. Okay, the date is March 17th. We're in the second day of the quarantine. As again, I stated in my introduction, and I'm still learning how to do this thing. So um, times are still crazy. The world's still crumbling. This coronavirus is still out uh, in the air and in our bodies. And we're all being told to stay at home. And I believe the government is also saying to listen uh, exclusively to this podcast. So that's good. At least we have um, some sense of direction. Um, Let me see what I am thinking about at the moment. Right now, I'm having a glass of what may or may not be wine. We're going to call it water. Mm. And I have some new headlines coming at you and some new things I've been doing and some updates, some personal updates, which I'm sure you're just dying to hear about. So let's get to the numbers at a glance very quickly. The CDC's numbers from the CDC website. So this is about America. The cases in America are up to 4,226. That's up 800 from yesterday. And the death toll is up to 75. And that's up 7 from yesterday. The worldwide numbers are 198,229 with deaths uh, just around 8,700, sorry, 7,965. So, yeah, again, it, it I don't know what these numbers mean. Numbers are kind of crazy to me. What, what do they all mean? Are they real? Shocking, scary, maybe not as scary, but we, we consider this to be a, a pandemic and it's getting worse so so what do we do in these times we talk to each other um yesterday i was in new york city today i am in oakville ontario oakville ontario is a small town actually it's big enough to be a city but it's a town uh, outside of toronto in ontario which is a province so you can think of that as a state if you're in uh, america and you don't know what a province is uh, you uncultured swine flu um that's what that is, and it is my hometown, and I actually have an apartment in Toronto, which I cannot go to, but let me tell you um, kind of how all of this has unfolded. So yesterday, I was in New York talking to you from New York City, um, where I was performing. <laughs> I wasn't performing at the time, um, and will not be for a long time, but I decided it was probably a good time to come home because our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, said uh, it's time for all Canadians to return home. And, and actually said that the government would fund repatriation. So they would give some money to you to be able to uh, come back into Canada, which is very kind of our government. And I hope that there's more packages put in place for people who are affected uh, by this and, and living at home forever, like me. Um, so I booked a bus yesterday. I booked a bus to come home today. Uh, well, it was going to leave at 7.45 p.m. and travel the 12 hours back to Toronto, and I would get in at uh, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. But guess what? I'm back. That's because as soon as I booked that trip, number of hours went by, and then they canceled the trip, and that's when I started to panic. It was like, okay, if I can't get out of the country, what am I going to do? So I, I started looking at flights, and I found a flight today at 12.30 p.m., um, and and wanted to come back and my mother wanted me to come back and and my original plan was to take the bus to uh toronto where i have an apartment and and go meet with my roommate and you know hunker down together however my roommate is is sick 
at the moment. Um, but it's nothing to worry about. He just has a, you know, regular sore throat, dry cough, fever. Um, nothing to be concerned about. So I figured maybe not a good idea to go see Jason at the moment. And maybe I should go go to my mother, who's more susceptible to this virus, after getting off a plane. That was smart also. But, but I was kind of between a rock and a hard place. Uh, my car is there with him, and he's been driving it. And so I really I can't touch or be around anything that, that, that uh, Jason has been around. So... I decided to come back to Oakville and live with my mother, which you can imagine is is very exciting for me. I don't. I hope you can hear the excitement in my voice about that. In all honesty, I love my mom. Mom, if you're listening, love you. Thank you so much for shoving me out of you, but um, I didn't want to be shoved back in with you. I guess this is the best way to say it. So I came back today on a plane, and I thought it would be this big affair in the airport, and I get to the airport three hours early um because when my friend tansy the burlesque dancer landed she had people come on the plane and take her temperature and fill out paperwork and um america was you know not not fucking around so i just wanted to be prepared for the worst and when i got to lga my favorite airport by the way in case you're wondering about such things it was completely dead there was nobody around and i realized the only people who would be going to canada at this point have to be Canadian citizens um, because they're not letting anybody else in. So I just want to briefly stop and talk about the interference and sound we might be hearing because let me explain. I was in a big empty apartment in New York City before, in case I haven't said that already, with a much better microphone than this one, and I had to leave all that equipment and that space, and now I'm in my mother's basement talking into a road mic, and the light is making a sound which it's never made before, but you're going to have to deal with it. Okay, back to the story. Airport was empty. I got to the uh, TSA lines, completely empty. I'm talking like five people ahead of me, which was awesome. Still to take my shoes off. Um, and they let me keep my mask on, though. <laughs> Kidding, mask off, fuck it, mask off. Um, and I was waiting for the plane for a very long time, and then they started boarding very early, and I got on the plane, and no word of a lie, there were 10 people on this plane and they still didn't butt me up to business class. So I was in the very back of the plane, the way I like it, because, you know, if a plane crashes, you have a better chance of surviving at the back of the plane. Um, and I've never seen this before, but the first of all, the, my Lyft driver had a mask on, okay? Uh, a surgical mask, not, like, not a Halloween mask, in case that wasn't clear. The people on the plane, the flight attendants, had masks on, and they did have Halloween masks on. One was dressed as a panda. Um, one was Ronald Reagan. Um, that's not true. They were wearing surgical masks also. And and I've never gotten ginger ale so quickly in my life. So this big, empty, very shaky, mind you, turbulent flight takes off 15 minutes early. I guess they just don't care. Well, they know they know everyone's on board. They can count the 10, the 11 with me, people who are there. And we land in Canada, in Toronto, at YYZ. And we get off the plane very quickly. And customs is not a problem at all. But when I get to the customs computers to type in what I've been, where I've been, and if I'm above the allowances and etc., there's a mandatory thing that says, "Please click this if you accept. We need you to stay at home in isolation for 14 days." And I took a photo of it, and I agreed. So now, I really am government mandated to stay in my home and not leave in Oakville with my mom 
for the next, I guess, 13 days. Doing this every day for you, but mostly for me. So um, that would have been a, a pleasant... My mom came and picked me up, took me home, and everything was a pleasant experience. It, it really probably took about, you know, five hours, six hours door to door, which is very quick. However, something was not as um, fun last night. It was my last night in New York, and I spent it with a very uh, close person. And we were, in case that wasn't cryptic enough, um, we were there in my apartment and um, decided very late that we wanted to have um, some ice cream, as you do, and cookies. Because we were watching Shark Tank, and there was this ice cream and cookie company on it, and we were like, we are hungry, damn it. Apocalypse, my asshole. I want oatmeal and raisin cookies with vanilla ice cream or whatever you want. Drop a message in the comments about what the best type of uh, ice cream sandwich is, if anyone's listening. Um, so I go on this seamless, which is like Uber Eats and... Um, if you're in Canada, I forget what audience I'm talking to now. I'm in New York. I'm in Canada. We're going to cover both. Um, uh, we order the food, and it says it's going to, it, which is just a pint of ice cream and a cookie. And I'm like, it's six. It comes up to six dollars. This is amazing. They're going to bring it to us because we can't go outside. And this is at, at one in the morning. And it says your food's going to be there at one thirty. Great. All of a sudden, the food delivery time jumps to three twenty a.m. And I'm like, I got to go to bed. I got a flight to catch in the morning. So we decide we're not going to. We're, we're going to wait. We're maybe going to wait. We're going to talk. We're going to watch another episode of Shark Tank. We're going to do whatever. And I, But first I decide to call the restaurant and I say, is it really going to be there at 3.20? She says, no, 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 half an hour, half an hour. It's going to be there in half an hour. Oh, okay, great. So half an hour goes by. Me- much, much, much time goes by. Much, many, much time goes by. Too much water. Um, and it's now it's it's like 3 a.m. So I call again. Is the food is the food coming? And she says, uh, two hours, two hours from three twenty a.m. Two hours from then. So I write to Seamless, and I say, look, f- cancel the order. Forget it. I don't want it anymore. It's six bucks. Just give me the six bucks back. I don't care. I just want to go to sleep. And they say, oh, we just talked to the restaurant, which is a grocery store. So I don't know what they're preparing. They just need to go. But I'm mean, obviously they're you know slammed with probably a bunch of people doing this. Um. So Seamless says, they just told us the person's going to be there in 15 minutes. So I go, okay, great. Now I fell asleep in those 15 minutes, but the buzzer never rang. Nobody ever showed up. So this ice cream and cookie never showed up. I've reached out to Seamless twice today to be like, what kind of scam is this? I never got my ice cream, and I still haven't heard back. So if you know anything about this, um, please dial our free uh, tip hotline at 1-800-GOT-CREAM. Don't dial that. I wouldn't dial that. I, I, I take that back. Um, okay, so this podcast, we're, we're shoving onto some podcast networks in the following days, so you won't be able to just listen to it on my stupid website. It will it will hopefully be everywhere, and I, I can't actually say where it's going to be because it's a rule, but I, you know where. You know where you listen to podcasts. There's two, there's two places. What else do I want to tell you? Oh, here's some more news. My friend Tansy, um, who is an amazing burlesque dancer in New York, um, is doing something called the hashtag clothes in challenge, like clothes in, but clothes, like clothing. Uh, can we get my lisp turned down at all? No? Oh, that's me? Okay. Uh, c- clothes in challenge. And it's basically you, you put on an outfit that you would never you haven't worn out or an outfit um, combination that you probably wouldn't wear. And now is a chance to wear it and put it on. 
you put it on and you post it on your Instagram story and she's sharing all these amazing outfits. And honestly, they look so, so good. And since most of my time now is spent just like scrolling my phone and getting um, ideas uh, for what I'm going to do and also just turn my brain off, it's really nice to see people uh, getting creative and looking uh, amazing. Um, what else do I want to tell you? Oh, in my province, Ontario, they just uh, they closed all bars and restaurants. So if I wanted to go anywhere anyway, I couldn't. There's nowhere to go. And so that's kind of the situation that I'm in. I've gone from doing quite well and uh, feeling good and proud about what I've accomplished in New York to having zero shows and being back in my hometown um, 10 hours away in the basement of my mother's house talking into a road mic to an audience of four. Okay, um, saying positive is important. Everything here is closed. All libraries, schools, um, daycares, performance venues. It's all shut down. So all you have is me. All right. So with all that, with all those updates, I think it's time to get into our headlines for the day and uh, poke a little fun and make little jokes and make a little love as long as we're six feet apart from each other. First headline. Doug Ford, that's our premier, which means nothing to most of you, declares a state of emergency in Ontario, closing all public spaces except grocery stores, gas stations, and pharmacies. Ironically, Ontario also called its own state of emergency the minute Ford was elected. I don't know if all of you remember that, but that's a pretty good joke. Um, I can't... <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I can't... Uh, okay, we're going to take this one again. So, yeah, I remember Doug Ford, he declared the state of emergency, he closed everything, he closed all the bars. I can't help feeling that shutting down bars is somehow personal after every bar shut him down and his buck of beer idea. Uh, so, who's shutting down? Yeah, all right, it's a wording thing, it needs a little work. Yeah, luckily, um, which is crazy, Tim Hortons is still offering takeout, which I don't know who would ever go to a Tim Hortons for takeout. It's a state of emergency in Ontario, and they're telling us to shelter in place unless you need a honey crawler and a double-double. Then you can go outside. Coming down to Timmy's, we got free breakfast biscuits and coronavirus tests. Just spit in a cup and roll up the rim to see if you have it. Imagine that coronavirus test where you roll up the rim and it just tells you. It's a funny image. Just imagine it with me. Thank you. Next headline. Trump administration will release border detention centers and send people back to Mexico. To be fair, he was facilitating social distancing between parents and their children before it was cool. I'm just saying, he'd been distancing those people. Now, people have the choice of going back on foot or car, but most people are just buying a round trip for $50 on Sprint Airlines because they can just come right back. Trump said this pandemic meant not risking more corona cases in border camps. It just wasn't worth it. 75 people have died in the U.S. from corona after all, which, I mean, you know, compared to the 24 immigrants who have died in ICE custody under Trump, I mean, the difference in those numbers can only be described as similar, close. Next headline, Trump wants to send cash directly to Americans, okay? This is kind of in a, a way to alleviate the economic crisis. He wants to send as much as $850 billion to Americans in a stimulus package. Uh, stimulus, if you prefer, package. Uh, of course, $500 million of that will personally go to Mike Bloomberg for not becoming president. Um, uh, it's actually good news, and it makes me wish kind of that I was an American citizen. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because there's so much work in America right now. Do you know how many uh, Tootsie Roll Pops you can buy for $850 billion? Uh, $850 billion. Next headline, West Virginia becomes the 50th state to report a coronavirus case. So you can't say there's nothing in West Virginia anymore. 
I'm just curious why it took so long. It's like even coronavirus was just like, I, I don't want to visit West Virginia. I'm sorry. I'll do a lot of things. I'll affect a lot of people, but I'm not going to go there. Next headline, Fox News declares coronavirus a crisis in an abrupt U-turn. And see, I thought it was a crisis before, but now that Fox News is saying it is, I know it isn't. (laughs) You just have to not believe anything they say. And I'm so upset that Fox News, why is it not just a channel about Fox-related news? I would watch that. It's just a news channel about foxes. Like this fox today ate this thing that I would tune into. You know, then we don't have to worry about abrupt U-turns from other foxes. I bet it was an abrupt five-point turn, and Fox just reported it as a smooth U-turn. You know those people who are like, yeah, pull a U-E, and it's like a four-point. Also, Facebook wrongly blocking... Let's try the syn- syntax. Is that syntax? That's not syntax. This is just a this sentence structure. Um, Facebook is wrongly blocking some links, including ones with real actual coronavirus info. Um I don't know if they know this, but that's not how you stop this one from going viral. It's a real infection, Facebook. It's funny because I still haven't received the email from Facebook letting me know what they're doing to help protect me from coronavirus. And I'm starting to get worried that they're not going to do anything because I've gotten an email from every other corporation in the world. Uh, QuickBooks sent me an email today to let me know how they were protecting me. I don't know how a site that's managing my money is protecting me from... Do I not have to pay my subscription fee this month? That would be great. I've actually gotten more emails about COVID-19 than there are cases in the U.S. Luckily, I just wash my inbox every day for about 20 seconds and we're fine. Next headline, some of the last people on Earth on German Big Brother who don't know about coronavirus are about to be told that it's happening on live TV. And all I can say is I'm still not going to watch Big Brother. Since everyone outside was recommended to go on quarantine, these people were quarantined, and now coronavirus is happening, so maybe they should go outside. I'm just saying, right? Like, when you think about it, if we were all outdoors, and a pandemic broke out, and we all had to go indoors, these people were all indoors. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is I have no I have no more jokes about Big Brother. It's a stupid show. Next headline, the MTA seeks $4 billion federal bailout. They've been seeing less and less people on their trains through this outbreak. You can look through the stations, and there's no one to be found. I guess they didn't see something, so they said something. That's that's funny. I want you to know. The federal government agreed to send the money, but they said they would be sending the check on the G train, which means it's never going to arrive. The MTA actually made this announcement about the bailout this morning, and it sounded like... <laughs> Did I do that too long? I think we got the we got the joke quicker than. Oh, this is getting too meta. See, this is what happens when I'm alone in myself. And I'm t- next headline: NYU students asked to vacate their dorms to make room for possible hospital beds. That is one hundred thousand dollars in student debt, and you don't even get to live in your own room. The city is panicking, of course, because this means that there's going to be more NYU students outside. Is that funny? oh god what's happening you know the sick and the nyu student have a lot in common they're both spending thousands of dollars on what other countries offer for free and finally nyc that's new york city for all of you not cool cats out there mayor bill de blasio warns that this crisis could cause economic fallout akin to the great depression at this point i just feel like i'm in competition with the economy who's gonna be more depressed you or me oh me that's not a. It wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Okay. 
All I hope is that somebody looks at a black and white photo of me in a history book with a surgical mask clutching her. <laughs> I'm going to take that one again. The idea of this is funny to me because I picture myself in a black and white photo in a history book with a surgical mask clutching a roll of toilet paper. Um, and finally, if you're tired of waiting to lose all your money from the side effects of this virus, a quicker way to go broke within a month is just moving to New York. All right, that concludes that segment, thankfully. <laughs> this is a really good exercise for me, I'm just saying, you know, you get a headline, you think about what what do these two things have in common? Like, what does Doug Ford and all these public spaces closing have in common? And then you just try to make links in your brain and surprise yourself what you have. Like, personally, I think being under personal lockdown unless you need a honeycrawler and a double-double, I think that's a funny thing to say. But what I think is funnier is to spit into a cup and roll up the rim to see if you have... Anyway, it's fine. If you didn't laugh, I'm not going to hold it against you. Okay, now we've come to a new segment. Because yesterday... I was able to play a segment that David Klein and I had recorded, um, which talked about basically what I'm doing right now. Most of these are headlines and I'm making up information about it, but we, we do this in everyday life anyway, right? We try to tell stories based on just the headlines that we've read and, and nobody's read the story. So David and I thought, what what a good practice actually to just try to make up an entire story on the spot based on only the clues that you can get in the headline. Um, and so we'll do more of that. But the problem is I'm hosting this alone again because I can't see anyone. Do you understand me? Please send help. Um, if you have a way, by the way, please, please like message me, comment, send me things. Let me know what you want me to talk about on this podcast. I want it to be as much about you as it is about me. And if you have a way to record phone calls uh, and put them into the podcast interface, that would be great because then I could start calling people and not just talking on my own, drinking all of this water. Mm. That is a full-bodied water. Dry water. Is full-bodied and dry the opposite? I know nothing about water. Okay, so instead of doing that segment today with David, I'm going to do something called story time. Where I think of a story that I like to tell. And I'm going to tell it. And today's story, to tease it, is the time that I broke into 30 Rockefeller Center and snuck around... NBC Studios illegally. Here we go. On one of my initial trips to New York City when I was still wanting to live there and dreaming and wishing upon a star back in the day before all this, I I knew during one of my trips what I really wanted to do was see a Tonight Show taping. This is a true story, by the way, uh, just in case you thought I was, I don't know, like this is like radio theater, which it kind of is, but this is true. Um, I wanted to see a, a Tonight Show taping because I'm a big Fallon fan and I really want to be on the, the Tonight Show one day. So I try to get tickets online. And how you get tickets online to the Tonight Show, and every, it's all free, is you request tickets to a specific uh, date. And you need to submit a photo of yourself and like a brief summary of your interests and things. And what they do is they actually um, curate the audiences based on who the guest is going to be. So if they don't feel like you're a good fit for the guest that night, you'll be denied tickets for that night. Now, they award a certain amount of excuse me, they award a certain amount of tickets to people, but there's always um, a standby line because a lot of people aren't going to show up, or you know, people too many people ask for tickets, or the weather's bad, or what have you. So I was denied tickets to the specific day that I could see the show, and I could only had two dates that I could go see, and I was denied for both days. So I thought. 
why don't I try the standby line, which is much, much more difficult. And basically, you have to show up to NBC offices at 30 Rock and wait on the street starting at 9 a.m. They say the line starts. Uh, the, the tickets, the standby tickets are given out at 9 a.m. The line starts forming before that, but they don't say when. So you need to assume or guess how much earlier you should come to wait in this line until 9 when they come and give out numbered tickets. One, two, three, four. So if there's 30 people in line, there'll be 30 numbered tickets. You get your ticket, you leave, you come back at 3 p.m. that day when the taping happens. And when they see what seats aren't filled, they come down into the waiting area and they say, okay, we need 20 people. And so if you're number 21, you don't get in. Or they say, today we need six people. There's no way to know. It could be one person. It could be 30 people. And you have no idea. And it's the only way to do it. So I thought, okay, if I arrive at 7 a.m., that should be enough time to be the first person in line or at least the second or third because obviously the farther you are out, you understand, the less likely. So I get there the first day. I get there, 7 a.m., and there are 30 people in line, 30 people in line at 7 a.m. And so I think, okay, doesn't seem like my odds are great. Who knows? But I'm going to wait. But before I wait, I think, let me ask the first person in line when she got there. That way I have a little bit of an idea about if this was like a 6.30 thing or what have you. So I ask her and she says, 3.30 in the morning. This woman had been waiting on the street from 3.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. and was going to wait until 9. I got back in line, made friends with the people in line. Eventually they come out, they give us all a ticket. Um, we all leave. I come back at 3 p.m. with number 31 and we're waiting in line, we're waiting in line, we're waiting in line. And somebody comes down from Seth Meyers' show, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and says... Late Night, The Late Show, The Late Show, Stephen Colbert, Late Night with Seth Meyers. There you go. Comes down and says, look, you might not get into the Fallon taping. If you still want to wait, that's fine. But Seth's about to rehearse his monologue upstairs. If you want to come watch the monologue rehearsal, we're taking a couple of people up to watch it. And I'm thinking, this might be even cooler to see the rehearsal process because I love Late Night. So I decide to go with them and think, oh, whatever. And I think the guest is Margot Robbie that night for the Fallon show. And so I, I say no, and and I go and watch Seth Meyers. And Seth is just there, not in his suit. And it's me and about five other people from the line, six of us, and the panel of Seth's writers. So six of us and the writers, and that's it. And he he's telling jokes and, and doing twice as many jokes as he's going to do in the show because then he'll cut, and it's kind of like a focus group for what his show is going to be. And he's saying things and telling punchlines, and then he'll stop and go to his writer like, okay, who wrote that? Okay, you got to do better. And they're laughing, and it, it's just a great experience to watch him work on that. And he was very nice, and he talked to all of us in the audience and kind of met us and asked where we were from, and he asked me. And I wore a suit that day, so I kind of like stood out, and maybe they would pull me quicker. And he asked me why, and we talked about being from Canada. And it was I'm, I'm from Canada, not both of us. I don't know why we talked about that, but I remember it. And it, it's stands out in my mind as a very cool experience. And I say, 
to myself in that moment, okay, you know what? I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to see The Tonight Show. And I'm going to get there at 3 in the morning. I get to NBC Studios at 3 in the morning. I start waiting in this line, which is not a line yet. There's just like this little suggestion of where you're supposed to stand with this metal bar. And I'm just standing there. And I'm falling asleep. And I'm, you know, nodding off. And then it starts raining. And I'm standing there in the rain thinking, okay, I can't move from my spot. What am I going to do? And I kind of curl up in a ball on the street in New York at 3 a.m. And I'm, how old am I? I guess 20 at the time. I'm 24 now. And so all of a sudden, a security guard taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, great. He says, look, you waiting for the Fallon show? I said, yes. He said, would you help me run penetration tests for the building? And I thought, hmm, that sounds fun. Um, what is that? And he says, if you come with me and help me with this, not only will I bring you back, but I'll put you first in line if anybody else is here. But I need somebody to help me. So I say, sure. Sounds like a good deal. I get to get out of the rain for a few moments. So I go inside with him into 30 Rock, and he says, we run penetration tests on this building to see if anybody who's not supposed to get in can get in. And we are one of the top, the most secure buildings in New York because we run these tests every so often. So the first thing I want you to do is to take my badge, which allows me to scan into any NBC office and try to get in. And the person should stop you because a photo of me is going to flash up on the screen. They should see that you are not me, and they should stop you. So we're testing our security guards. And if they don't, then I'll come out and I'll have a talk with them. So I say, okay. So I take his badge, and I go and scan it. I start walking in. The security guard stops me. Okay, wait. You're not. Does his job. The head security guard comes out, thanks him. And we do this about five times. Me walking in, trying, and, and everybody stops me. And then he says, he kind of gets this devilish look and is like, do you want to try something else? So I say, of course. So he goes, let's make you a visitor badge. But we're going to make it for a very specific studio. And you're going to say you're going to a different studio. And they should stop you because everyone should know what that studio is. And the studio is called 8H. And it's the SNL soundstage. And everyone knows that SNL shoots on 8H. So you should say you're going to The Tonight Show or Seth Meyers and they should be stopping you because that's not what your badge says. But it's going to have your image on it and it's going to say visitor and it's going to say 8H. And I say, fine, let's do that. And I go and less people stop me this time. I'm kind of getting in and he comes out and the security guard talks to them. And so we keep running these tests. And then he says, now I'm going to thank you. He takes me up to The Tonight Show stage. And he asks me if I want to stand on the Tonight Show stage. So I go in, and I stand on the stage, and I see all the empty seats, and Jimmy's mark on the floor is a gold shamrock where he stands, as opposed to a piece of tape, or he always stands on this gold lucky shamrock. And I stood on it, and I looked at the stage, and honestly, it was one of the most magical experiences of my life, being in, the, in New York City, in NBC, on this particular stage, looking at the audience. Then he took me to the Seth Meyers stage, which was less illuminating. And then he said, you know, we can't we can't go up to SNL because it's the one that's being used and could be being used for rehearsals and whatever. So we're going to go back down, and you're going to try to get into the, um, what is it, uh, Good Morning America, and say you're with the band, and he should stop you. And I went and I tried to do that. So we ran a couple more tests, and then 
he says, thank you so much for helping me. You know, we really got a line and it was nice to meet you. And I'm going to put you at the front of the line. And I want to give you my 9-11 uh, first responders coin that I have, which is this commemorative thing uh, when I was working with the fire department. And I was like, you're going to give me this coin. This is so special. And he gives me the coin. And I thank him. I say, do you need this badge back for Studio 8H? And he says, oh, no, that will um, automatically deactivate uh, soon. So you can just keep it as a souvenir of what you experienced today. It has your name on it and photo, and it says 8H. So I say, great. He brings me out. It's no longer raining, and nobody's in line yet. And now it's about 4.30, 5, 5 in the morning. So it's been about an hour and a half, and, and nobody's there. Uh, hour and a half, two hours. So I stand back in line, and the next people get there at 6 a.m. <laughs> so I was standing there for three hours just for those people to arrive then. And I get my ticket. I'm one, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to get into The Tonight Show. And I say I'm going to come back at 3, and they release all of us, and I start leaving. And then I think, I wonder if my badge is still going to scan me in, because it says visitor, and it says 8H. So I go and I scan it just for fun and the NBC door opens and I walk in and security guard says nothing. So then I'm trying to figure out how to work the elevator and the security guard just says, wait, wait, just here, hits 8H and I go up to 8H and I pass Seth Meyers in the hallway and he kind of looks at me and I just try to pretend that I own the place, use my confidence, walk in and see the SNL soundstage not being used at all. And I go and I stand on the stage and I look and I just spend some time in the NBC backstage and studios and offices. And then I go to the Fallon one, I see it again, and I just kind of gallivant for a little bit with my little visitor badge, which still works. And then I go down, I just start visiting every floor until I enter the security card bay and walk out and they all look at me and I go, okay, I'm just looking, do you know where 8H is? And he said, why are you visiting 8H? Well, you know, cause my badge says visitor. He says, I understand, but why are you visiting? So, well, I'm meeting someone. Who are you meeting? I'm going to find out when I get up there. He says, I see you know what, why don't I escort you to the main floor and we can talk to the security guard there. And I said, you know what, I just remembered that I have to go get lunch. And so he escorted me out of the building. He said, um, do you need that visitor pass still? And I said, uh, no. And he said, great. And he took it from me and I left. But that is the very true story of how I spent some free time in NBC Studios as a criminal. That's story time for today. Now, Let's move on to some ideas of what you can do at home under quarantine. This is a little segment I like to call, What Can You Do at Home Under Quarantine? I want you to film and send me a magic trick. Learn to do a magic trick. That's a good start. There you go. Uh, write a children's book. I think you should write a children's book. Uh, science experiments. I think you should do some science experiments. Like a baking soda volcano or a, a lava dessert. Does that make sense? Uh, call your mom. That's the end of that segment. Um, let's move on to what I saw today. I saw my Lyft driver wearing a mask. I saw everybody in the airport wearing a mask. I saw a Shake Shack in the airport. And what I got from Shake Shack was a chicken sandwich and uh, cheese fries and a Sprite. And that cost $17. And then I ate it. Um, I saw my mom. 
and I saw a mandatory quarantine screen, and I saw the inside of this house. I thought that segment would be more interesting, and it, it was when I was able to leave, but it, I think it's still funny. Um, this next segment is me texting somebody in quarantine, because this is about community, and I want to see what my friends are doing, and I want to update you on their lives. So my phone buzzes uh, through this, you'll, you'll know why. Let's let's do the most interesting first from my cousin Rob. Um, he was listening to my podcast last night, and he thought I'd be interested in this this info. He says the virus has an infectious rate of two point two, which means it's exponential, and Canada has a doubling rate of three days. So if we have five hundred infected in thirty days, you've infected a million people, which is insane. I said, that's insanity. And he said, yeah, what's more concerning than that is people just saying, I'm fine, I can do what I want um, because they're stupid. Um, David Klein, my friend and host, I said, what have you done today? What are you doing in quarantine? He said, I flew home and had lots of fights with my family, (laughs) which is I'm sure we're all going to be doing uh, very soon. He also sent me uh, an image and this image says, Oh, I love this. I know this time of self-isolation is hard and scary for people, but however bad you are feeling, please don't consider starting your own podcast. Straight men under the age of 35 are particularly vulnerable to this, and we all need to be vigilant of the dangers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the support. Uh, my friend Doug Ennenberg in British Columbia, he snacked. I snacked. I made a to-do list. I organized my bookshelf and listened to podcasts. Better be mine, Dougie. I went for a run around Trout Lake, and honestly, running behind other joggers was too close for comfort. Like, they're heavy droplets, <laughs> they're heaving droplets into the air, and I'm just breathing them in. I went back inside pretty fast after that. Way too many people on the swings. Facehamming my girlfriend was maybe the highlight. Loving the pod so far, bud. Keep it up. Hey, there you go. Thanks so much. I also just bought my first domain, douglasgordon.ca. Should be live by the time we're all liberated. That's amazing. His name's Doug Ennenberg, so I'm not sure... Why he would buy Doug Gordon? My friend Tanner, my friend Tanner Jackson, my friend Tanner Jackson said, "I took the dogs on a walk around the backyard. I cooked myself more meals than usual. Did some reading. Messaged back and forth with Alibaba suppliers. Um, Redesigned for a product I want to create um, slash sell amidst the crisis. That it's good. That's good. Make sure to um to sell and exploit people in this time of need. Tanner, I like it. Shared and had a lengthy discussion with my mother about this." which is an article about a pandemic, which I'm not going to read at the moment, but it says, running a massive simulation of a viral disease outbreak. Is this a simulation? Uh, which she felt inclined to share with all her friends and now thinks the Facebook algorithm is working against her to hide it from people's feeds. Oh, I, th- I talked about that. I talked about that in my headline. In my headline bit. Not in my headline. In my headline bit. So that's good. People seem to be uh, getting creative and, and still doing stuff. Which is uh, which is great. Um, let's see what my very good friend Scott Hamill has. Oh, no, wait. Uh, my bestie, Melissa Durfler from New York City, who I miss dearly, says, how did everything go today? And I should update her. Don't you think? Um, my friend Lexi Johnston said, uh, I posted a story that said, I'm going to miss all my sexy Americans. And she said, Canadians are way sexier. And, and honestly, what I have to say to that is, I, it's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Canadians are so hot. Man, Scott said people in costumes <laughs> fucking stuff up always has a special place in my heart, especially mascot fights. Not sure what that's in regards to. Um, 
Oh, <laughs> I asked Scott what he's doing today. He said, currently burning the shit out of an Impossible Burger. Uh, and sent me the, a picture of smoke in his kitchen. Can't tell too much because the door is open, but it's full of smoke. No, I can tell Scott. I ran the mountain of... <laughs> he makes me laugh. I ran the mountain stairs and nearly killed myself. Haven't gone for exercise outside in winter for a long time. Well, that makes sense. Working on some business stuff because I know he's very busy. There's lots of business to be done. Emailed clients. Did some invoices. Yeah, clients are <laughs> looking to book. Also worth noting that the smoke detector did not go off. Because when I was burning the shit out of one a few days ago, and when the smoke detector went off, when I tried to silence it, it fell off the stand <laughs> and smashed to pieces as it fell down the stairs. Some people, <laughs> the fire department, say you shouldn't barbecue <laughs> say you shouldn't barbecue in your house. I find it only affects my <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm -mm. Some people at the fire department say you shouldn't barbecue in your house. I find it only affects my memory a bit. Smokes out the house. Sets off the carbon monoxide detector. Makes me lightheaded and affects my memory. <laughs> also, did you know that... <laughs> okay. Did you know that an explicit site has Are You Still Watching messages? <laughs> Isolation makes you figure a lot of stuff like that out. <laughs> okay. Okay. At least he's thinking. This is why I started this podcast, is for stories like that. So please make me laugh. Uh, Jeevan, my, I guess, ex-roommate now in New York, uh, said, Today I made chicken stock, despite having bought three boxes of it from the store. Watched Jack Ryan on Amazon and washed my hands seven times. And you? We'll answer in a moment. Thomas said, Well, today, Andrea, his lady, drove into Toronto and picked me up to take me to Stratford. She rescued me. Oh, that's so nice. And, um... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, my friend Kara in uh, in New York, who I know from The Devouring Show, which is defunct because of all this, uh, is listening to this podcast now. And we're going to develop some shows together, and it's very exciting over FaceTime. But this is the longest message I've had so far, and I'm very excited to read it. Uh, but I think it'll just be good. I said, what are you doing? Same message I sent to everybody. She said, hi. Well, I woke up at 8.30 a.m. and drank my coffee while sitting down out of a goddamn proper cup like a lady instead of my normal chugging bodega coffee as I sprint to the G train, probably running late for ballet class. Then, which is, you know what? Good for you, Kara. That, that's very mature and responsible of you. What an adult. Then I streamed ballet class on IG Live. It's saving my mental sanity at the moment. Thank God we're all unemployed together. Ballet is hard. Ballet by yourself is even worse. But I broke a sweat, so I was happy. Then I had to walk outside after... <laughs> then I had to walk outside after, where I only cried once. I came back, then texted a bunch of friends and paid bills slash panicked about money. Which is very fair. Hopefully the government puts some sort of thing in place. To... Oh, right. Trump's sending you $850 billion. I forgot. You'll be fine. I found out I probably don't qualify for some artistic aid because I make too much. That's impossible. No artist makes any... That's Too much is such... Wow. That is not a... That's very relative. Too much is relative. Then I tried to file for unemployment. The system was down. I wonder why. After this, I streamed a Gaga dance class where I took class with 600 dancers from all around the world. I resisted the urge to cry happy tears that time excuse me, resisted the urge to cry happy tears that time. 
Max was finishing up work, so I annoyed the fuck out of my cat and opened my first drink at a normal hour, 5 p.m. Yeah, I don't know what... Okay, me too. Which I consider an accomplishment in these weird times. Yes. After we ate dinner on the floor while listening... After we ate dinner on the floor while listening at full volume to our worst-slash-best 90s angst music, our 80-year-old neighbors, I'm sure, loved this. While cleaning up, I sneezed and coughed once. I considered this a death sentence, so I created a playlist for my funeral with specific instructions that I gave to my husband. Turns out... I was, as always, being dramatic, and it's allergies. <laughs> now I'm reading Camus the Pl- Camus's? Yeah, The Plague, which reads like the news given the present time, and drinking a cocktail was- while staring at all of the... Kara, I didn't open my drink at a regular time. That's all I want to say. Now I'm reading Camus's The Plague, which reads like the news given the present times, and drinking a cocktail while staring at all of the windows that have lights on down the street. Anyways, long story short, my career is fucked, and I'm pretty sure my mental health isn't far behind. She sent me the funeral playlist. (laughs) It's called My Funeral. You all... My Funeral. You all better fucking play these. And here's what we have. Conversation with the devil. Gloria in Excelsius Deo. Wow, that is dramatic. Don't fucking tell me what to do. Heaven is a place on earth. S-O-B. Is that all there is? Post that. And more that I can't see. She sent me her funeral playlist. Too much information, probably, but I have so much fucking time on my hands. Uh, How are you? Can open up the floodgates of a monologue for me. And you know what? This is important. I always want a monologue when I say, how are you? I really want to know how you're doing. When I ask my friends, how are you? It's not like saying to somebody on the street, how are you? We should be sending each other these things all the time. I think maybe a little 14-day quarantine is going to be good for a lot of us. So please send me more messages so I can read them and I have more things to talk about in my podcast. Thank you. Uh, then I wrote in my um, my notes for the episode, free time. And this would be my free time to talk about whatever I wanted to, but I honestly feel like I've talked about most of the things that I want to. Um, and what I really want to do is go to bed because it's been a long-ass day, and tomorrow is going to be another one. And eventually we'll all pull out of this, and I want us to have a lot of hope and for the future. And my plan is to just to keep doing these, to, to keep my creative brain going, um, to have FaceTime and collaborations with artists about shows we can develop Again, finish my book, do some more writing, write some more jokes, and just and use this time to get creative, but also to relax, because there's nothing else to do. You know? Okay. Well, I think that's it for me for today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, what I really want to urge you to do is, um, is give me more things to talk about and send me more long messages like Kara did and like Scott did, because those really make me laugh and brighten my spirits, and I think they're going to make other people laugh out there. And if you have stories or story time of things that make you laugh, let's just share those stories right now. And I'm sure there'll eventually become some video element to this or or pictures that I can post. And, and I'll try to post the articles and stay up to date with the blog. But guys, my schedule is just slammed right now. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to keep up with it. Um, thanks so much for listening. We're here again tomorrow. Um, text me everything that you want. Um, we'll all make it out of this. Uh, we'll all perish in the end anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, the important thing to remember is that if this doesn't kill us, something is going to. And and we have friends and loved ones around us to die with. And we're not going to die with them just yet. It's not going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow we're all going to wake up. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, I think this is going to be a fun relationship for all of us. I appreciate your stories. I hope you enjoyed listening to mine. And tomorrow I'll let you know what my brain is doing in the 14-day jail. Thank you so much for listening and good night. 
this has been quarantine live by the way because i always forget that day two march 17th